skater school my name is phil lichtenberger and thanks to my dad i have been in the scanner radio hobby since about the time that i could talk and walk see my dad my grandfather and even my uncle always had a scanner radio going at their homes their love and their knowledge of scanning that each one of them has passed down on to me i want to transfer to you See, my mission here on Scanner School is to pass my love and my lifetime of knowledge that I have learned about the scanner radio hobby to you. So if you are new to the hobby or a seasoned scanner listener, we aim each week to bring you something new to help you enjoy the hobby just a little bit more. And if you have any questions or are stuck and need help, I'm here for you. You can find plenty of help over on our Discord server by going to scannerschool.com slash Discord or maybe by requesting one-on-one tutoring by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring or by submitting questions for our monthly Q&A session. All of those links and more can be found in the description of this podcast episode or by going to our website, scannerschool.com. This week, we are joined by Andrew Murphy. Andrew loves to build and work on his own antennas. So whether it's taking a commercial design, something that he has seen in a magazine, or something that he has purchased himself, or whether he's taking some wire off the spool and building his own antennas, this is something that Andrew is all over. And you're going to hear about how excited and how drawn he is to tweaking and building his own antennas. Now, no pun intended here, but you don't have to feel like the antenna building is over your head, okay? This is something that anybody can start doing. Now, I'm not downplaying what Andrew is doing is simple because it is not. But there are plans that are available that can simplify the process and give you the formulas that you need and the measurements that you need in order to build your own antenna. I was building my first antenna's around the age of 14 years old, okay? If I could do it at that age, anybody can do it, no matter what your age is, okay? These are simple designs for J-poles, dipoles, whatever. I mean, it's a fun father-son project. My dad and I built our own J-pole antennas out of copper plumbing. We built them for my uncle's house. I've built J-poles out of twin lead. I've even built little disc cone antennas or dipole antennas out of nothing more than an antenna connector and some coat wire and some screws, and that's it. There's plans out there for anything. So I invite you to sit back and listen to this conversation that Andrew and I had. Again, these are conversations when I have guests on the podcast. These aren't interviews. These are discussions. These are laid back. And again, If you want to be a guest on the podcast, I am inviting you on with open arms, and I'm sure others would love to hear your story too. 
scannerschool.com slash guest. So without any other delay, I want to welcome Andrew Murphy onto today's podcast episode. And again, thank you, Andrew, for introducing us to a topic that we haven't yet discussed here. I think everybody's going to enjoy listening and just taking a little bit of the excitement that you bring to building and tweaking antennas and will hopefully ignite the flame so that they go out and do the exact same thing. So without further further delay, I want to welcome Andrew onto this week's podcast. Andrew, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. I appreciate it and uh, welcome aboard. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, I appreciate you having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So uh, really quickly, before we get into the meat and potatoes here today, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Uh, what uh, What is it about the, the scanner radio hobby that you enjoy the most right now? I'm from Northeast Oklahoma, been living in Pryor Creek for 14 plus years. Uh, really what got me into scanning was uh, listening to Storm Chasers. I was originally from Alabama and uh, every spring, I would love to hear the ham radio guys chasing tornadoes, listening to them. That piqued my interest. And then my first uh, scanner I got was a Bearcat, analog Bearcat. That was before everything started scanner-wise going digital. And uh, I started listening to uh, Cal Fire and the Forestry Fire Department living up in the, near the mountains of uh Mount Lassen, and that's when I got my first uh, analog scanner. So back in the good old days, where it was just strictly analog and, and very yep. easy to set up and program, huh? Yep. <laughs> Excellent. So what is it that you're listening to most uh, most now? 800, 900 megahertz, yeah. m- mostly uh, law enforcement. So different world then. You went from analog now to trunking, huh? Yeah. And the thing, and the thing is, is there was a lot of stuff that was starting to go on in my little community and i'm the type of person that likes to keep an ear out on um everything but they started going they started doing the interoperable after columbine which they switched everything to to the uh p25 mm-hmm. phase one uh trucking system so if i wanted to listen to local police and sheriff i i had to go digital gotcha so what was your first uh radio that was your first digital radio what was the first big investment you made over there you're you're gonna laugh no go ahead my first digital scanner was a radio shack pro 169 that did motorola Smart zone. Okay. Pro 160. Doesn't ring a bell to me, uh, the 160. It was an uh, older, it's about a, a late, early 2000, maybe er, uh, late 90s model radio. Okay. That did digital? Yeah, that did uh, ECAS and Motorola. Okay. Because so I, I had a 2069 and, and I, I, yeah. I hated that one. <laughs> <laughs> I still have it. <laughs> I, I, I still have mine too. Uh, when I go out and I, like I said, I, I have a, a farm and a ranch and a small transport business and living out in the country, we don't get very good signal on our phones or TV reception with everything, you know, that's gone digital. So I like to have my scanner up and 
running and to be able to listening to uh that's another thing that i listen to a lot is the uh national weather service right i can imagine so it sounds like with the storm chasers and the national weather service you're kind of right there in tornado alley then huh yeah alabama a lot of people don't understand alabama is also called uh, dixie alley okay it's the tornado alley spans down to southeast I remember watching, there was a show that I think was a National, National Geographic or something like that years ago. Reed Timmer was on there and a couple of the guys yeah, that did actually, Tornado Chasing. I, I, I'm not going to say nothing bad about him, but... Uh, <laughs> I w- wasn't going that route. <laughs> well, a lot of people ask me for my opinion about Tim Reamer, and uh, that's why I said that. Yeah, uh, I actually chased with Tim once or okay. twice. So That's cool. Yeah, that uh, big uh, Yazoo tornado that they did when he was when uh, Discovery was doing his uh, little TV show. Right, right. It was Discovery. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was uh, me and him both were chasing that storm and uh, trying to uh, help help. uh, We both have a big heart and passion to storm chase to help our fellow americans to and and to learn more about tornadoes in general right uh, so so you're still doing the storm chasing because i was i was i only brought that up because i i remember in the, in one of the episodes they were chasing down in alabama and they were saying like it's a whole different world down there because you can't oh, yeah. see anything because there's trees on the side of the roads like it's not open plains like it is up in you know nebraska and all that yeah, and well, another thing you got to watch out is it's easy for tornadoes down in Alabama to get rain-wrapped. Ah, okay. Wrapped by sheets of rain like a curtain. The last tornado I went chasing was in 2012 when the Moore got hit again. Moore, okay. Oklahoma uh, was the last time. I was, uh, I told the National Weather Office I wasn't going to chase no more. And I was house sitting for a friend of mine and his, uh, their family and, uh, and more. And her house was in that community right by the school that got hit. Oof. So it's and, they lost. Uh, yeah. And I did not know that. But thanks to me monitoring 800 and 900 megahertz, I heard that it got just devastated that whole little, community right there wow i definitely sorry to hear that but it sounds like you definitely uh deserve a pat in the back at least for being part of the that part of the community and giving back to it and, and storm chasing is something that uh i've always wanted to talk about in the podcast and i don't want to focus on there right now maybe yeah. we'll have you back to talk about what it's oh, like to, to storm I, chase and go through that if you don't mind i love talking about storm chasing right, and, so and you, the 15 or 20 years that i did it so oh, beautiful i'd love to have you back to talk about that but uh, right now i mean we'll, we'll focus on what you're gonna talk about <laughs> and not go in the wrong direction here yeah but, but you're you're big into building and making and and setting up antennas so is what you, you're telling me yes though, huh? yeah yes sir tell me about that i started getting into getting away from scanner stuff uh because of the cost of the newer digital radios, the Bearcats and, and stuff. I have an old Radio Shack handheld that I still use during the storm season, but uh, I started using uh, I started using an SDR and needed bigger inten- better and bigger antennas than what my scanner had. So mm-hmm. 
Excellent. And what kind of antennas are you uh, are you running around with right now? I got a little bit of everything. I got CB. I got dipoles for M radio. I got a vertical telescoping sitting on a uh, trucker mirror mount. I got a vertical vertical, and I'm working on a faced array for a really? uh, uh, faced uh, quarter ground wave antenna. That's going to be faced together. And what are you going to use the uh, the phase array for? VHF. Okay. So just basic, not not anything crazy like Earth, Moon, Earth, nothing like that. You just point in one direction and use it, right? Well, no. It, it, it's like a EME, like uh-huh. you said. This antenna I found online, and the guy used it for communicating on VHF single sideband. Okay. So you can use it for 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 two meter DX or something like that. Oh, yeah, right? I want to okay, be cool. able to have use it more for picking other repeater single sideband and other simplex people around me. Nice, nice, and that's that's something that from a scanner radio you're not going to be able to do, right? Because there's there's no sideband on most on any commercially available scanner radios. Well, no, actually, I can pick up uh, I can anything that's in the VHF UHF spectrum. Mm-hmm. I can pick up. Right, but you can't do it from a scanner. You can do it with the SDR software. No, or like actually, a, I could do it with a scanner. Really? So how you how you, my Radio Shack? I'm not the only down thing about having that scanner is I can't transmit. So, so which scanner are you using that that has sideband on it? It doesn't have sideband. But I could pick up Simplex. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and other VHF narrowband frequencies. Yes. The only thing I can't do is pick up single sideband. I might have misunderstood. No, no, it's no problem because uh, I was I was getting to the point where it's uh, or, or make the make the point that yeah, it's you can't really use it from a from a scanner, but you know, using your SDRs, if you still want to receive sideband, like for anybody else who's out there who's listening to the podcast right now and wants to see if there's any of that stuff by them, I actually tripped across it locally here. Like I was just, I had SDR console up and I was tuning around and I'm like, boy, this is kind of in the bottom of the two meter band. And I tuned it in and it ended up being upper sideband. And uh, yeah, I was I was pretty, pretty surprised. And, and it was coming in really nice and clear too. So it's still alive and well on, uh, on two meters, uh, upper sideband. Yeah, and uh, I had uh, pushed away from scanners just because of legit of the cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like Bearcat was moving to just on the the police side of things. And uh, so I went with SDR. And I want to tell your listeners, to me, SDR, whether it's uh, SDR play, RTL dongle, to me, that's just like having a scanner. In fact, my SDR Uno, which is the proprietary software to my SDR Play, has a scanning function. Mm-hmm. And uh, if somebody, if somebody is like me that can't af- afford a, an expensive rig, the only other cheap VHF, UHF, airband, military band is a Bearcat 15X. Right. But SDR dongles, you can pick them up from Amazon for hardly nothing, okay? And you can still monitor military band, police police band, 
weather, etc. Yeah, they're pretty much unfiltered Swiss Army knife uh, receivers. It's it, they're great. I, I, yeah, it's yeah. And that's that, why I re- recommend to people who can't afford uh, regular digital scanners. Yep, exactly. And the software out there is is pretty a lot easier to use now than it than it ever has been. So there's a lot more support out for them. Yeah, so, I use uh, DSD plus to decode yep. uh, P25 and and uh, DMR. Yeah, yeah, it's one of my go-to's. It's it's uh, it's a little bit. Once you figure out how the software works and how to set yeah. it up, I, I like using that. And then then I'll then I'll go out to a specialty piece of software after that, like Unitrunk or SDR Trunk or or something like that. If I got a specific on on uh, P25 or something like that. But yeah, yeah I like yeah. using uh, DSD Plus. It's one of my favorites, especially with Fastlane. They keep they keep expanding it out and and making it do more with uh, what's available. So yeah, one of my best antennas. That I listen for air bands and do a lot of uh, of uh, air band monitoring, like center. I live close to Kansas City Center, mm-hmm. so I get a lot of the aircrafts that fly over me talking to Kansas City Center, and I can. But one of my best antennas that I use for that is a a random link dipole. Okay. So you, you, you have just, I mean, you got tons of antennas where you're at right now at, at, at home, and I guess, you know, on, on your radios. So are you, are you just buying them or are you designing them or what, what are you, what's the relationship with the antennas? There's only two, three antennas that I bought that were commercially made. So you build your own. I build my own. Nice. So that's I'm, a whole I'm other di- side of the hobby. Yeah, I'm disabled. Okay. So I'm on a very fixed income. The my two hustler HF mobile antennas mm-hmm. only cost me about forty five dollars for both okay. of them from Ham Radio Deluxe or Ham Radio Outlet, excuse me, out of uh, P- uh Plano, Texas. Their okay. store out there because that's I have two of their stores within shipping. I got one from Denver and one from Texas. But uh <laughs> but uh 90% my dipoles built, both of my dipoles built, my faced uh quarter ground wave antenna is going to be built. My vertical VHF is all all built. The uh Telescoping antenna is their VHF UHF from Super Antennas, but I built the whole system for nice. that base for that. So let's I, let's. Break, I wanted yeah. to. I want to really quick say this to to your your listeners. Yeah, go ahead. I live in an apartment, and I got all these antennas in my apartment. So that's a whole nother wild card. So that's interesting because I was actually going to talk about apartment dwelling with different antennas. So, boy, but you're, what, you're, but, you're, uh, but, <laughs> you're a treasure trove today. But, <laughs> this is but, but the thing is, uh-huh. is even it, it doesn't matter if your listeners are in a HOA, there right. is a antenna and there is a way. Can't, yeah. can't, can't, can't do nothing. Right, right, yeah. There, there's definitely an antenna out there. You just gotta get creative with it as well. Because, so because I even got most. I'm. I just bought uh, three reels of coax, and I'm uh-huh. gonna put it up in my attic because my apartment has access to the attic. Perfect. So that's another way of hiding it and getting some uh, elevation <laughs> on the antennas. Yep. 
So let's talk about the basic before we start looking at apartment side of that, because I'll, I'll pick your brain on that really quick. But setting up antennas, right? So so let's go through fundamentals really quick. Like you you want to set up an antenna. What's the what's the first the first? I'm I'm kind of leading into the questions here, and, and uh, that's fine. Get where I'm going with them. Yeah. So I, so, so I you want to build you. an antenna, right? Um, right. You listen. What what do you, what's the first thing you do? Like you you. You want to build an antenna. Like let's let's go through the process, right? I sit down and see what what frequency I want to work. Beautiful. That's where I was going with this one. Okay, so so now you've got the frequency. And for example, let's just say it's for aviation, right? You want to listen to mm-hmm, say you mm-hmm. know one twenty megahertz as the sweet spot, maybe yep. one twenty five. Yeah. Where do you go from there? Like, okay, I know I need a VHF antenna for one hundred twenty five megahertz, one hundred eighteen megahertz, whatever it's going to be. How, how do you move forward? Like, how do you know how to build it and how big to build it and what to build it out of? First of all, I I look at my since airband is AM, mm-hmm. it's it's a v, VHF frequency, but on the AM band. So I look at there's three criteria I look at. I look at if if I could build it, how much it's going to cost me for for everything to build it. Mm-hmm. The vertical antenna. If I could get it commercially cheaper than building it, okay. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, is it gonna fit within the confines of my apartment? Yeah, that's a good one. Right now, my airband. I have a repurposed commercial antenna mount, speaker stand mount, that I use for my truck for my antenna mast. Okay. And uh, if I fully extend my tried to extend, it hits the roof. But once I once I pull the legs out, it'd be able. Mostly, I look at cost. Yeah, I would. I would imagine that's a big thing. Like you said, you're unlimited income, and that's that's really. Yeah. But it's. I, I like what you said there. How much will it cost, and can I buy it cheaper? I mean, <laughs> that's usually the one thing I forget about. It's like, yeah, I, I could build that. Like, I'll go ahead and do it. And it's like, oh, I, I should just bought it. <laughs> the two hustler antennas I have, I could have built it, but for each of those being twenty something dollars, mm-hmm. it would cost me more because I would have had to get a whip. Right. I would have had to get the magnetic wiring to make the loading coil for it. Okay. I would have had to get all kinds of stuff for it. And it wind up being cheaper to buy it than it would to build. But 90% of my antennas are built from 14 gauge wire that I've had here at the house. So materials and cost you nothing almost. Almost. Right. All that, co- I got one, I always keep on hand three quarter, half inch, and one inch PVC. Okay. And I always keep uh, butterfly uh, nuts, those in quarter inch, and bolts in quarter inch. So basically, all I I have to do is use antenna modeling software to see about what I want to work. Okay. Because, see, you don't really, on a receive antenna, you do not have to worry about like you would on a transmitted antenna. You do not have to worry about the SWR per se. It's slightly, yeah, exactly. I mean, the better the SWR, though, the better tuned no, it, no, no, it no, should no, be, right? No, but- no. Actually, I picked up my dipole. I picked mm-hmm. up, without it being tuned, I picked up 
shortwave station out of uh, Cuba. Nice. And I picked up the spy station out of Cuba. And now I'm here in Oklahoma. And this is inside your apartment? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's dipoles vertical or horizontally polarized? Uh, horizontal. Horizontal. So it runs like, a, a, I guess I would, I would picture it's it where like, the, it's like a t- It's like the radials are in a T. Gets, right. I, ha- I have it going from south to, or north to south. And that's running basically between where the wall meets the ceiling. That's as you have it just tacked Pretty up. Pretty much. Pretty and much. how long is it? How how long is each leg on that? Thirty three feet. Okay. Thirty three feet. That's decent size. My second one's uh, thirty six feet. And that's 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 nice. That's a big size antenna you got there. I could the be, I could get I could get a shortwave HF. And VHF with that antenna, not not great on VHF, but I can uh-huh. get VHF with the dipole. Very nice. And was that's just made with the fourteen gauge wire you have on hand? Not fourteen gauge wire. Yeah. Fourteen gauge wire as the radials going de- feeding down to fourteen silicone gauge uh, wires that's attached to the Z port of my SDR. Really, really nice. I, I always have a problem with. Uh, with shortwave and, and HF at my place, I can never figure it out if it's just my bad antennas or just a noisy area. But I think it's my bad antennas because you live I, in the city. I live in Long Island. We got a lot of RF out here, so it's tough. Yeah, so. uh, you would almost need a one to one or a nine to four balance. Yeah, exactly. I can't just plug into it. It's just it's just too yeah. much. So let's, uh, you touched on software. What software do you use? I used to use back in the day Easy Nick, but I don't know if that's still the go to. Is that I, what you use? I haven't heard of it. Uh, okay. It's since I use my SDR for my scanner, I use, uh, I use, uh, SDR Uno, which is a, a prior, a propriety software to mm-hmm. SDR play. I also, you mentioned, uh, SDR console. Right. I use that. I use uh, HSDR. I use SDR Angel. Okay. Those are my go-to software as no, far I was, as. I, I was wondering because you said antenna modeling software, so that's what I was wondering. Oh, oh, okay. I use uh, I use a German-based uh, website. And okay. The software. Let me pull it up real quick. I forgot to pull it up. No problem. So basically, you just you just drop in the uh, the frequency you want to use and the type of antenna, and it basically well, spits out the, the dimensions for you. Well, actually, no. What it okay. does is uh, I draw out a dipole. Okay. Uh huh. I put my center feed line, and it get it spits out SWR measurements. Nice. Uh, it's not a. I'm gonna tell your your listeners. It's not a. When you design it in that, mm-hmm. it's not really a catch-all. It's not the final product. Okay. It's just giving you a certain. If I put it up like ten meters up, this and I use this material. This is gonna be my SWR. This is how many ohms I got, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It gives you a baseline of what. If you build it the way that you, you you designed it, this might be your outcome. Okay. There's a there's a lot of other antenna 
uh, mauling software. There's a easy something that I can't remember the name. Yeah, e- easy, easy neck, I think, is what it, easy. Yeah. Easy, yeah. Yep. That's what ha- a lot of older hams use. Uh, Are you calling I me d- old? <laughs> hey i'm 39 almost 40 okay i'm <laughs> just adding you so, yeah, yeah i used that 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 was that was uh good software too we built a well, couple of antennas prob- based off of there the problem i had with the it's not very easy to no, no. gnl mma there's a guy that is a antenna me- maker uh called the ds commander okay and uh, he he mentioned it, and I've been using his software since then. Or the German company made it, but I've been using the free version. It's called mm two m a n a dash g a l. So was, I'm sorry, it was m m g l a. No, m m a n a dash g a l. There it is. I use okay. their basic version, which is free to use. Gotcha. We'll put a link to this in the session notes. So, yeah. So, M-M-A-N-A-G-A-L. And then I guess you just drop in uh, a calculator. Because, like because that, if, you, if you look, if if I could show you, it's called Wire Edit Program. Okay. And it's got a grid on it. And okay. I could draw out my antenna design. I've, gotcha. I meant... I'm in the I'm in the middle of building a a old uh, World War II design antenna for a ham buddy of mine, and I I'm the type of person I want to get some hard numbers before I build it. Yeah, no, I understand because you kind of like poke it in the dark when it doesn't work. Like I I many years ago I I thought that I could build myself a two meter four forty Yagi antenna for satellite work. Mm-hmm. And I built it based off of the Arrow antenna design, which was a handheld antenna mm-hmm. for VHF, UHF. Yeah, yeah. And I had some plans for it, um, and I followed the plans, not really to a T. You know, instead of using yeah. uh, a two by two lumber, I used one inch PVC, and instead of using yeah. whatever it was, I used welding rod, and it just didn't work. The antenna yeah. fell flat on its face, and I can My, never figure out why. So, hey, <laughs> uh, the garbage. Since, you, since you mentioned that. Uh-huh. N- I, I recommend to your if your listeners ever build something that doesn't work, don't trash it because I built a uh, two meter Yagi for APT NOAA weather satellite. Uh huh. I couldn't get it to work right. I was having real bad RF down the coax and uh, couldn't figure it out. And then I was just sitting staring at it. And then it dawned on me just like that. What was the problem? I needed to build a what's called an ugly ballon with the wraps of the coax. Yep. To solve the problem. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and the thing is, is I find a lot of for your listeners when I figure a lot of my antenna issues I have because I have like a 60 megahertz buzz on my scanner from RF mm-hmm. RFI which stands for uh, radio fr- frequency interference and uh, it doesn't help hurt to put a ferrite bead or a one to one choke ballon 
if you're beating your head against the wall and you're getting you're getting all this static and in, in, interference from RF and stuff, just put a one on one or wrap up your co- coil around right. some one inch PVC pipe. Yep, That's makes it nice and easy. Than, yeah, yeah, it makes it nice and easy. Because yep. I get a lot of I get a lot of questions from uh, ham operators and 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 shortwave listeners. How can I get rid of the RF? Well, just build a dirty bell, and there's enough right. <laughs> there's enough plants and YouTube videos, you know. Right. So. And, and again, you know, that's a problem if you're, if you're transmitting or you got, you know, background and stuff like that. But if you're receiving only and you only have receivers in your, in your shack, then, you know, the chances of having something like that. Actually, are a lot that's less, not right? true. That's really? not true. Okay. That's okay, not true. See? Like I said, my handheld picks up a 60 megahertz hum. Okay. And it's interference from my icebox. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It depends on the frequency. Right. Right. I was thinking like j- just in general all the time to the speaker, but yeah, you're right on a specific frequency or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Yep. My SDR I have uh, on 80 and 40 meters. I have mm-hmm. three different 60 cycle hums. I get that with uh, seasonal, like it'll knock out like 46 megahertz, like mm-hmm. only in the spring and the fall, but only for a couple of weeks. It just completely Oh, kills me cr- Christmas yeah. is worse. Oh, the Christmas lights. Yeah. Cr- LED lights. Christmas lights. Yep. All right. We'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Andrew. And as a reminder, anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 or month level does not get this upcoming break. Everybody else will catch you in just a second. Would you like to avoid hearing this break in the podcast? Well, some of our Patreon supporters get to do exactly that. Think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly pledge, not only do you get to help support the podcast, but depending on your support tier, you can receive certain benefits. Our most popular benefit tier is our extra credit, or $5 a month tier. This allows you to sponsor us monthly or annually at a discount. And extra credit members not only receive an early release of a commercial-free podcast, again, this break is not in that podcast episode, but they also have access to early releases of YouTube videos, additional benefits such as squelchy sticker packs, discounts on our tutoring services, courses, and more. But if that wasn't enough, we have a great exclusive community set up just for our extra credit members, and it's great to catch up with them during our monthly member meetups. And these monthly meetups are also available for replay for anybody who is unable to attend that particular meetup. Members also have access to a private channel on our Discord server so they can also communicate with each other between our monthly membership meetup. You could become a Patreon supporter right now by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, and MURS 
and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your Natcom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio magazine, as well as backup issues, too. To download your free sample issue or subscribe, visit natcommag.com. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. I've actually, and this is what I'm going to tell people and what I'm going to recommend your listeners. I am in the process of writing a book about my experience with my building of antennas. And, nice. and, and, and in part of it, I talk about the dreaded 60 cycle hum. It could be your TV. Mm-hmm. It could be your plasma TV. It could be your lamp next. It could be your uh, 2.5 gigahertz router for your internet yep been down that path multiple times i had a power supply for my router was doing it i mean yeah you find these things it could be a neighbor's house too it could be something coming exactly (laughs) most of my interference i get on uh the airband is from my neighbors yep and it drove me i live upstairs so i really can't there's not much i can do about it but uh i figure once i put I'm in the process of designing a uh, a uh, choke balance to put up in my attic where I can hook more than one antenna in that choke because I'm only going to be using one antenna at a time. So mm-hmm. it's not going to hurt, hurt to have them all hooked up. But uh, I'm going to do that and see if being up in my attic could help and with nice. the choke. So let's go back to building the antenna. So you've got the antenna, and obviously there's a formula to figuring out the the length and and the size of everything. And it's typically, oh, yeah. uh, was it four? If you're four sixty five or three no, two thirty four. If, if, if you're building a dipole, it's four sixty eight divided by the frequency. That's it. Yep. It's been and a while. that g- that gives you a quarter wave. <laughs> yep. Yep. For a dipole, quarter wave dipole. You can build an infed dipole. You can build you a. You can build your uh, offset 
Wyndham dipole. There's just a lot of dipoles. Yep. Yep. But, but uh, I, I, I normally use my uh, dipoles for air bands. Okay. And then uh, you, you find out they work really well, right? Because you've got them basically yeah. cut and tuned specifically for that VHF uh, range well, that you want to see. Actually, I got them really wide, wide okay. band. Because okay. I not only use it for aviation, you got to remember my dipoles I also use for shortwave and HF. So the multiband. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's a multi-band uh, antenna. That's why the one's 33 feet and the other one's at 36. Okay. Very nice. One of the best antennas I ever built was I built a, I took a SO239. Uh-huh. Okay. Took a piece of 14-gauge solid ground wire. Yep. I know this is going. This is a fun one. I took the SO239, attached it to a end cap of a PVC, mm-hmm. ran up the, cut a piece of uh, one inch as long as, you know, about three inches longer than what my, my thing. And I received broadcast, military, weather, and I was picking some odd station. I couldn't remember that I couldn't figure out the band. Right. So you basically made a ground plane antenna of it, right? Did you put the radials on the, well, uh, the four no, corners? No, radials. no, no, no radials. radials. Okay. Okay. That's just a straight vertical antenna attached gotcha. to the center pin of the SO239. So I didn't know where it was going because that was one of the first antennas I built was uh, just like what you were saying, though. You, you put uh, the SO239, which is the female version of the PL259, right? And in the center pin, you solder in you know, a vertical and then you use just a couple of screws and some nuts and, and yeah. on the four holes in the corner of that, that, that SO two five nine uh, plate, you put the, you put the radials on there and, and then you got you yourself bend, and you bend at 45 degrees. Yes. Yup. Yup. And you got yourself a homemade uh, ground plane antenna that works fairly well. Actually, when I bought this uh, used uh handheld, that was the first ten- antenna that I ever built. I took off the uh, B and C vertical that was on it that comes mm-hmm. with all most standard handhelds and i built that and i was receiving in the next town over see you're answering all my questions i have on paper here i, I was going to say what's your first antenna what's the best antenna and i think all i have left <laughs> now is what, what's what's your favorite antenna i think that's the dipole that you built that's, mm, that's multi-band i don't huh? know i don't know <laughs> if that's my favorite because that's no, been, what's a, the favorite that's one been a cursing in, in, oh, in, okay. in disguise okay. actually Gotcha. It's a toss-up between my two 800 Yagi face to Yagis. Okay. Direct fed, three element, or, oh, Lord, or my just a regular direct fed uh, single two element uh, single uh, direct fed on the director. Okay, so you so you like building Yagi's too. You build a uh, lot of stuff. I'm in the process of uh, taking those uh, 20 meters and 40 meter uh, mobile sticks, and uh-huh. I'm getting a piece of L bracket, and I'm gonna make it. Uh, that's another thing I wanted to bring up real quick before it gets too late is that uh, if you ever 
ever find somebody that has the uh, the satellite dishes like DirecTV. <laughs> yep. <laughs> get rid of the dish and keep the J-Pole that it was on. That is yeah, the yeah. – I have right now, I kid you not, at my dad's house, I have my GMRS on, J-Pole on one. I have my Ecom mm-hmm. antenna on one. I have both of – both of my CBs on one. Yeah, those those make great antenna mounts. In fact, those can make very great. And if you want to, if you're like me, a pack rat, and don't mm-hmm. want to throw away anything, you can actually cut a a slit in the dish itself, right? And drop a leg about six inches down and cut it like a upside down U and attach a piece of coax and you just made yourself a two meter antenna uh see see i had a whole bunch of uh extra dishes in my garage at one point and i was going to use them for projects and i just, just i got tired of holding on to them and when i redid my garage i tossed them and uh, like a year ago <laughs> i'm like i was kicking myself so what i ended up using was uh I, I had a I had my direct TV dishes on the back of the garage, which is detached, and then my neighbor's tree grew and blocked my dish. So yeah. they came out and relocated the dish, and I made sure they left all the hardware behind. Mm-hmm. They they didn't understand why, but I'm like, you know, leave everything there, just relocate the dish. So I reused that J bracket basically to mount my weather station because it was it had oh, the, yeah. you know that's the support a, arm on there and everything else. So. That worked uh, out well. Just the other day on the farm, I just put a weather one of the weather stations, one of the new ones that have came out within the last couple of months. Okay. On on, on a J pole. Yeah, yeah, they 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 work. They're, they're great. I mean, they even have the bubbles in there sometimes in the top that that, that lets you know you yep. got the uh, level yep. of plum. Yeah, so, and and that's a good thing about those is that that you could just about find them anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. And uh especially out by you. I'm sure a lot of people are, are uh, setting those up. So let's let's backtrack a bit. So we've talked about antennas for quite a bit here. You you I think you've got a lot of people excited to take on a project right now because just just by talking, you know, talking to you and understanding your passion for building things and the success rate you've had. So if you could pick, I'll let you pick the bands. So if you want to do VHF, UHF or 800, mm. I'll let, I'll leave that to you. What is a very simple antenna that if somebody wanted to get their feet wet and build their very first antenna, what would you recommend that they build? J-Pole. A J-Pole antenna. A, J- how- a J-Pole or a uh, another one that's called a Slim Jim that's made out of ladder line. <laughs> I've, I've built the Slim Jim at a twin lead uh, way back I in know the day. A guy, I know a guy that uh, is a licensed hand operator. And a certified uh, skydiver, and he made he jumped uh, with a I think it was like thirty two foot Slim Jim HF Slim Jim, okay, and made HF contacts while he was free fall. While he no he was he deployed a shoot, but okay, <laughs> but but he was uh you he just dropped it out below his feet. Nice. So uh, so let's describe those two. Nice. So let's let's describe those. Let's what what is I mean I mean I know what one is, but let's let's I'm gonna let you go through it, right? So describe the difference between the J pole or the Slim Jim. There ain't much difference. Right. So how would you build one? Like how would you how would you build what makes the J pole the J pole and, and how do you assemble it? 
that that's kind of hard to describe. <laughs> you want me to help you out? No. <laughs> a J-pole is is what you think it is. It's a, a if you were to take a letter J, mm-hmm. and at the lower part of the J, put a piece of wire attached to one part and a SO239, then you have a, a J-pole. And there, and I'm telling you right now, there's a lot. If you go to your favorite search engine, whether it's Google or Firefox or whatever, and type in a uh, J-Pole calculator, you'll yep. find a lot of, uh, the only thing is, is you have, will have to buy ink caps, copper ink caps, something to sweat the pipe with, flux, solder, well, that's uh, if you're building it out of out of uh, plumbing uh, pipe, right? Well, that's how you build a J pole. See, I built a Twinly J pole. Uh, yeah, you oh, can do. Well, that's why I was going to get with, Slim Jim, when, yeah. when I taught with the Slim Jim because because or you, there's a guy on YouTube that builds J poles. Okay. If I can't think of the name, he has a he KBR. Anyways, he builds a lot of, uh, and he he actually builds a J pole for a scanner. Oh, nice! For specifically uh, for what rail bands and air bands. Okay, yeah. So uh, I built many years ago. I built a dual band J pole out of a quarter inch copper, mm-hmm. and you know that was an interesting project. It never made it on the roof. It ended up being. Uh, too flimsy to go up there. There was a there was an insulator in the middle, and we ended up using wood for it. And ended up uh, we ended up sweating the yeah. copper, and it <laughs> yeah. burnt the wood. And we tried putting PVC, and it melted the PVC. And you know, I it, tell most people if they're going to build a J pole, uh-huh. you can't you can't go less than an inch. Yeah, I think that was part of our problem. I and mean, copper was always a little bit pricey. And then you know, but we we built one that was a single band one. And we threw it on my uncle's house, and it was up there for years and years and years. And finally, oh, yeah. the, the 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 bracket that held it to the uh, the chimney failed before the antenna failed. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I got really I, well. I built one that's been I've lived here in Oklahoma for almost twenty something years, and mm-hmm. I got one that I built for a ham up in Missouri when I lived in Mount Vernon, Missouri, between Joplin and Springfield, and it's been up there for 18 19 years nice nice and i've also we go back to the slim jam with a twin lead j pole that was one i built as a as a teenager when i was just getting into everything and that was i mean i had the old paper document how to do it but yeah. that was pretty simple i was like you, we don't you oh, can't yeah. find that twin lead stuff anymore that oh, you used not to use sure, for, not sure not oh, sure not sure really you can ham find radio Delu- uh ham radio outlet dx oh, yeah, engineer DX engineer, amateur radio supply. Okay. See, I'm not talking R&L. ladder line. It's not ladder line. It's the actual like yeah, 300 no, ohm. Yeah, they still have 300 it. Okay. Lo- yeah, 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 300 yeah. ohm ladder line. Beautiful. Uh, I, I just bought 500 feet of it. Oh, okay. But yeah, those were easy to put together too. Yeah. If y'all want a good calculator, there's mm-hmm. a guy that has a calculator for a Slim Jim and J-Pole antenna calculator. His call is uh, Mike Zero, United Kilo, Delta.com. Okay. 
he's a good he's a a good bloke from uh the uk i i had a chance to meet him on on a uh over a meeting but he has several but if you look at it it both of them are simple to, and it's like i tell everybody that 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 wants to build an antenna mm-hmm. is that i could take any antenna i design and build for any band any frequency any time right when the disaster happens and i'm wanting to know what goes on around me and i want to take my scanner out but i need an antenna i can always take a japo or or a slim jim or any mm-hmm. antenna yagi or dipole is still make an antenna and still be able to hear what's around it right and and the best thing is too is you, you have understanding now of what makes or breaks the exactly. antenna design so exactly. if you had to put something together, you, you could really MacGyver something if you had to or uh, oh, yeah. or repair an antenna. So let's uh, before we wrap up too, let's talk more about the book that you're putting together. I want to uh, go into that a little bit. So tell me more about what uh, what you're putting together. I just got really tired of people saying that they can't put in antennas up in their attics. OK, I got one in my attics. You won't hear that from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got tired of hearing him says I can't do nothing. I can't. I can't do nothing. But because I'm in a HOA. Uh huh. Okay. Right, right. HOA don't tell you what you're gonna put up in your attic. Right. I know a lot of people in home in HOAs that have antenna. There is a vertical antenna for two meters. They've y'all would. Google on uh, YouTube that a guy built the camouflage to sit on his back porch so he could talk on two two meter handband because he lives on in a HOA. Right. There was even one guy too. He had uh, the vent tenna, right? That looked like yeah, the, uh, yeah. the the plumbing stack, the plumbing vent, and yeah. the inside of it was a two meter four forty antenna. But yeah, there's there's tons of ways that you can get around, not get around, but work within the limitations of an HOA and all that. Yeah. That's why I, I really just, uh, started into this book because another good publication is, uh, small antennas by the ARR, ARRL. Right. I might have that book, but I have a PDF copy. If, if, if anybody wants it, I have, I believe I have a PDF copy of it. If they just will get a hold of you, you can get a hold of me. But the thing is, it shows different types of dipoles you can put up in your house and people, you know, and, and like I said, people were getting, giving me excuses. Well, I almost scrambled my brains. I said, dude, you scrambled your brains a long time ago. Don't give me that. But. I've had to adapt. There's a Marine Corps saying, adapt and overcome. Mm-hmm. And that's what I had to do because I wasn't going to pay the $500 to put a pole up. Right, right. At my apartment couplet and everything. So that's, that's basically in a nutshell how, how I'm writing the book and, and talking about how I take the basic stuff random stuff I found or my dad's given me like that speaker stand uh-huh. and I use it as a, I use it for my base and my antennas. I've had this, this window mount for 15 years. 
for when I used to work uh, with uh, Freightliner installing when they used to put in actual CB antennas in the trucks. Right, right. When they yeah, sold the the right? CBs in, yeah. So, so I mean, nice. where so there's the books, a will, where the will, where yeah. where there's a will, there's a way. I'm sorry. Right. No problem. So you're you're writing the book now, so it's not available just yet, right? You're still in the process of no, putting I'm the book still, together. Yeah, because I have I have a hard time spelling and stuff. That's so no I'm problem. trying to get a friend of mine who's a well known uh, fictional author. She's a self Amazon author. Okay. I'm trying to get her to help me with my book. And is that the plan though, uh, to put it on Amazon and, and have it as a probably as a not. Download? Probably oh, okay. not. Okay. I told my Elmer one time that if I wrote that book that it's gonna I'm I'm not gonna put it where somebody has to pay money for it. Oh nice. Okay. Because because the information I got was free. Okay. So you're paying it forward. That's so that's I'm awesome. just that, that's what I wanna do because I wanna some kid who might get their hands on the book might might be the next me. You know? Right, right. And I want to foster within, not just in our community as a, 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 as a scanner community, but in any SDR or or any kind of stuff that has to do with radio. I want to just pay it forward because there's been a lot of times that the scanner community has helped me just to been there for somebody to lean on. So. Beautiful. That that sounds really awesome. So listen, when you when you've got the book ready, let us know, and we'll make sure that we get it out there so people can uh, can take a look at it and download it. So and I'll send you a signed copy. Hey, beautiful. I appreciate that. But uh, we'd definitely love to have you back to talk. Oh, I mean, we went definitely. through a lot of stuff today between uh, between the antennas and then the storm chasing. And then there was something else we had talked about. I got notes all over the place here. So. <laughs> it's crazy how many notes I got. I mean, I was surprised, but no, this is I. This was a great conversation. I now, had, we, I have, I had fun. I really good, did. Good. I, I appreciate that. So before we split, is there anything else you'd like to bring up on the uh, podcast today? Just remember, y'all, where there's a will, there's a way. If you, if you want to build something, you won't know unless you built it. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I failed with my first dipole before it, I finally got it to work for what I wanted it for. Where there's a will, there's a way. Right. And if you have to stare at it like I did for nine months, <laughs> trying to figure out how to get it to work, and then all of a sudden it dawns on you because you're staring at it again, then just take time, back up, look at it. I will definitely be willing to leave some contact information and I can try to help y'all as much as possible. Excellent. And we'll put that contact information in the session notes as well for the podcast. So beautiful. All right. So Andrew, thank you very much no for problem. sharing your thank information you on the podcast. No, and again, this is your idea, right? You came on and, and you said, Hey, I, I, I want to be a part of the podcast. You went to scannerschool.com slash guest and, and you filled mm -hmm. out the calendar and the process, what was pretty easy, right? I mean, yeah, a couple yeah. of clicks and you were in, right? Even if I did goof up the first stuff. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> no, well, I mean, because I had my family first time I went God. to schedule. So. 
don't worry about it. Oh We're yeah, and guys, and-, and guys, if you're good, if you got any good ideas about podcast or or want to share something about scanners, don't hesitate to schedule. Uh, it took me six years. That's how long I've listened to his podcast before I even said, "Okay, I'll I'll, I'll take the jump. I'll 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 message and schedule." And uh, I'm kind of glad I did it. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm excited you did. I, I love I, this. Was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll be happy, more than happy, to come on and and share with you guys how I used uh, scanner technology within storm chasing. Because I got some pretty crazy stories about it. Oh, beautiful. We'll, we'll definitely schedule that one in. Yeah. So, Andrew, thank you very much for being here today. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, we will definitely talk soon. Thanks again. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experiences with us. This was, I mean, this was again, this was your idea. So, thank you for bringing it to us. And I look forward to having you back on the podcast to talk about your past life as a storm chaser. You are a awesome storyteller. Just which the stories you've told just getting into the antenna building stuff, I can't imagine the stories that you will have as being a storm chaser. And again, hopefully we'll get you back on in the spring to talk about that. Now, if anybody else out there has built their own antennas, I want to hear how has it worked out well for you? Because again, admittedly, I've had some flops when it came to building antennas. Yeah. Monuments to failure, so to speak. Some of them might still be up in my rafters in the garage, and some of them might have just been recycled or sent to the the great waste pile in the sky, so to speak. <laughs> so, if you've built an antenna, let's hear about them. Join the conversation. Let Andrew and I know your experiences when it comes to building these antennas. You can do so by joining our Discord community. Again, scannerschool.com slash discord. And as a reminder, I am looking for questions for upcoming Ask Scanner School podcast episodes that air on the first Tuesday of every month. Pick up the phone right now and dial 516-308-2885 and leave me a voicemail or go over our SpeakPipe link over at scannerschool.com slash ask. Now, we want to help more people with the scanner radio hobby, and I can't do that without your help. So if you know of somebody that will benefit from this, please share the podcast episode with them. Please share this on social media and please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast because that is how we deliver each podcast episode either to your podcast player, your inbox, or through your YouTube feed. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Brops, Bob Milton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Dombrowski, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, I Hate Junkmail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, Joe P., John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R, Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazet, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.